You're listening to The Light Weekly, the weekly podcast ministry of The Light KC. If you would like more information about our journey to reimagine church, visit us online at thelightkc.org. We're walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Last week, we took a fast, uh, breezy walk uh, through the Beatitudes. And today, we're going to slow our pace just, uh, just a little bit. Um, what time's the service get over? Ten? Oh, cool. All right. I got all sorts of time. All right. So um, I brought a couple of things that um, hopefully will help remind you of what we're, we're talking about today. These are things that at my home have been hidden. One of them I haven't seen for, um, for years. In fact, it was so hidden that when I opened the box that it was in, it was in another box all sealed. So really, I just laid my eyes on this one yesterday, but it's been there all the time. And I don't know if you've ever seen one of these before. I really hadn't either. What is it? What would we say? Nope, close, but salt? Salt. Someone say salt. You're right. <laughs> this, this is what they refer to as Himalayan salt. It comes out of deep out of the earth and it looks just like this. Um, I licked it yesterday to see if it was truly salt, and it, it is. It's got a couple of trace minerals in it, but it is solid salt. And I don't know what you, how you hold to the age of the earth, but if you're an old earther, and I'm not here to argue the age of the earth, but if you're an old earther, they're saying that this is um, uh, hundreds of thousands of years in the making. And they dig it out. You know what it's used for? You put it on your barbecue and you slowly heat it to about 300 degrees. And then you lay your steak on top of it and you cook your steak on this thing. I don't believe it. But anyway, it's a solid piece of salt. And one thing you need to learn about salt, because we're going to talk about salt today, is that Pure salt will remain salty forever. It only loses its saltiness when it comes in contact with um, other things. It's, it's a stable element. It, it stays together. But you put it next to metal... And over time, the metal will leach out that salt um, properties. You mix it with other things like we do in those little, you know, Morton salt containers. What does it say on there? 
iodized. When we mix iodine with the salt, guess what it does to salt? It breaks it down. In the little containers, it won't remain salty forever. And sometimes, I guess that they actually put anti-clumping agents in your salt. And putting those in will cause the salt to break down. But pure salt is stable and essentially will last forever. So I could come back a couple hundred years from now and lick this thing and it's still going to be salty. And I'll have to try it on the barbecue or in the oven once and see if it, how well it really works. But this was hidden in my garage, and it really wasn't doing any good in my garage. It's not going to help me cook those steaks or fish or vegetables or whatever it happens to be on it and, and f- infuse those things with, with flavor. I needed to take it out of the box and put it to use. Another thing that was hidden away in my house that I haven't used for a while is this little contraption. Now, when we lived in uh, Northern California, the power would go out every other day in the winter. Winds blew, rains came, floods went up, and the power went off. Sometimes for an hour, sometimes for two. Uh, We lost it for a week once. Now, those of you who lived out in the country here, um, grew up there, and are of older age will tell me, power, what's that? We live by candlelight. I didn't. A flashlight was very helpful to me. Showed my way in the darkness, but yet it doesn't do any good for me hidden in the back of the closet, especially when the power goes off because I'll never find it. No, light was meant to be out where people can use it, where people can see it. So we're going to look into God's word today where Jesus is working through um, these teachings. And he uses the, the picture of, of salt and of light. Uh, something that his hearers would know exactly what he was talking about. Salt was incredibly important to um, the people of Jesus' day, just like it is for us. Our bodies need salt. Not a lot of it, but it does, they do need salt. We need light to see where we're going. And the, the Israelites that were listening, his followers that were listening, understood the goodness of light and the importance of salt and how light and salt worked best. And this is what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus says to those gathered around him, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall it be made salty again? How shall it be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people put a a light out and put it under a basket, but put it on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In that same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
Notice what Jesus says right off the bat, both with the salt and with the light. Jesus says that you are, are, presently are salt. You are presently light. The question is not whether as followers of Jesus or as even um, people created in uh, God's image, he doesn't say we become salt, we, we are salt and we are light. It's what we, it's what we are, it's what we were created to, to be and what we were created to do. You, you are salt. I am salt, I am light. The question really is, am I being salt? The question is, am I being light? Am I doing what God created me to do? You see, when, when Jesus says to his followers, when he says to them, hey, um, if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it for? And his listeners would have said, well, that's the stupidest question I've ever heard. Salt doesn't lose its saltiness. It's, it's, it does what it's supposed to do. But Jesus said, but if it would lose its saltiness, what good is it? And if his crowd was a responsive crowd, they would have said, it would be thrown out. It's no good. But salt is meant to be salty. It's meant to do certain things and hold certain properties. It's wrong for it to be unsalty. And Jesus says of the light. He says, you are the light. He says to them, um, a city set on, on a hill cannot be hidden. To which his listeners would say, in the vernacular of our day, duh. You put a city on top of a hill, of course it's not going to be hidden. Come on, Jesus, give us a tough one. Jesus says, no, we realize, the, the people say, no, you can't hide a city on the hill. Jesus says, if you have a light and you... You let, you let it shine to the whole room. We have to remember the people of Jesus' day, most of them who, who had a house, had a home, it was a one-room home. Didn't have bedrooms and bathrooms and closets and hallways. It was just one room, and everybody lived in that one room. You ate and slept and played dominoes and all that kind of stuff in that one room. So it makes sense when Jesus says, if you light a candle and put it in the room, everybody will benefit from that light. Everybody will. But then he goes on and what does he say? He says, but if you put it over a basket over it, it's worthless. It's like the salt that's no longer salty. It's, it's worthless. You just throw this out. The candle is, is no good. In fact, the only reason they would put a covering over the light would be to extinguish it. You have those little snuffers for your candle? Those are wise and good things to use because sometimes you need to, in our day, you need to 
put the candle out. In Jesus' day, you'd kind of keep that candle lit. Why? Um, The local dollar store didn't carry matches. You wanted to keep that light lit. Many, many years ago, when I was a youth pastor, uh, we put together a little drama group, and we would, we would do little plays and little sketches in the, um, in the church, and people would hear, other churches would hear about it, and they would invite us to do our little sketches for them as part of the service. So once we were invited to a Lutheran church, about four towns over, we got there, in the after, Sunday afternoon to set up our little platform, and I, um, I asked the pastor, they had a big wooden communion table. And I said, would it be okay for us to move the communion table out of the way so we could do our little sketch? And the pastor said, sure you can, no problem. So I called some of my guys over and said, we need to pick this up and move it. And we were just about ready to pick it up and move it. And we noticed that there was a candle sitting on it, lit. So wise youth pastor that I was, I blew it out. I didn't know it was the eternal flame representing the presence of Christ in the building. The pastor was not happy with me. Fortunately, one of my kids had a cigarette lighter in his pocket. And we lit it, and I said, see, all's good. No, the light was meant to shine. It wasn't meant to be put underneath the snuffer. It was meant to to shine. That's what it's created for. You know, light has an important place in God's kingdom, in God's word. What was the first thing that God created back in Genesis? Light. First thing he created was light. Uh, here's, a, here's a Bible quiz. Psalm 119.105. What does light do? Lamp to our feet. Light to our path. That's what light does. What did um, John the Baptist declare in John chapter 1, verses 4 through 14? Remember what he declared? Yep, behold, the light of the world. Here he comes. Darkness is going to run. What did Jesus in John chapter 8 declare about himself? I. I am the light. Amen. I am the light of the world. Remember what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians? He said, walk as children of the light. It's what we're called to do. Because Jesus is the light. We are called to walk as his people in the light. Lots of other places, but how about in Revelation chapter uh, 22? Remember what what John does? In chapter 22, he's um, uh, describing heaven. He's describing the new Jerusalem. He's describing the new creation. 
And he says, I saw before me all these glorious things, but I noticed that there was no sun or moon because the Lord is the light. I don't know all the things that heaven's going to be, but there's just going to be light. No lights, just light. Why? Because of the presence of the Lord. Light is incredibly important, and you are called to uh, let our light shine. Now, notice what it says, though, that we put it on the lampstand, so it lights everybody. You and I are called to uh, light, be light around. When you have the, the uh, chili cook-off thing today, there are going to be people who are part of this church that are going to come, and they need you to be light to them to show the light of Christ to those. And there's going to be people that are going to come who don't know Jesus. They're just going to come to eat chili and cheer the chiefs. You hope. Remember, love them if they don't. Okay? But you need to be light to them. You need to shine. We don't want to put our light under um, a bushel. Because that'll just extinguish it. I uh, was involved in pri- prison ministry for a while. Um, preached some service, Sunday morning services at Pelican Bay State Prison, which is a level five prison in Northern California. It's the worst of the worst. Okay, this is where the Mansons are. Um, there are guys in there that would think twice about killing you because they're on five life terms already, and so to kill you is no big deal. But I was uh, doing a service for them, for the ones that weren't so bad. And um, I was talking about being light. And I sang that, started to sing that little song. You know, uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Won't let Satan blow it out. At that point... I heard this guy say, Pastor, that's wrong. I said, okay. Especially when the guy's about 6'5", 300 pounds, and an inmate. You don't disagree with him. (laughs) And he stood up, and he came up front, and he said, here in the prison, this was uh, just a big guy. African-American guy, love the Lord guy. And he says, we sing it this way. Uh, Won't let Satan woof it out. (laughs) I said, okay. That's the way we're going to sing it. And nothing like 30 to 40 guys singing, won't let Satan woof it out. Yeah, we're not going to let it shine. We're not going to put it under that, that basket. And, and notice this. Notice this. Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Lots of times we think, well, we let our light shine so they'll see Jesus. 
That's what we sing. Good thing. Good truth. But Jesus also says we let our light shine so the people will see our good works. And when they see us doing what we're supposed to do because of Christ in us, it gives, causes them to bring glory to God. People are often turned off to the gospel because of the darkness of Christians. I think when we let our light shine, when we let the Holy Spirit shine in us and through us, um, it's hard to think bad about Jesus. And they give glory to the Father. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, Paul says, we were saved, of course, not by good works, but because of the grace of God. Get that straight. We don't do good works to get saved. We do good works because we are saved. And in verse 10, uh, Paul writes something to the effect of that we were created for good works. That's what we were created for. When we do the good works, we're doing the very thing that God made us to do. So, Let's pick up speed. How do we remain salty, and I like salt, how do we let our light shine? First of all, we just be and do what God called us to be and do. We are salt. We are light. It's called obedience. When God says, do it, we do it. Remember, it's not about you, it's about God. Remember that the kingdom of God is a theocracy. And your name is not Theo. Your name is not God. When God says, do what I call you to do, we are obedient. Second, we need to stay connected with God, if we're going to be salt, they continue to be the salt that God calls us to and light. It calls being in the tent with God, in his presence, listening to him. And it also calls, as the scripture says, being in step with God. Tent time, step time. Doing what God calls us to do. It's being in prayer and in the word. It's it's being in prayer and in the word and then getting out into the world. So be obedient, stay connected. Third, stay pure. You see, when we're impure, it brings ineffectiveness. As we remain pure, as we don't touch ourselves with the and be impregnated by the things of this world, be tainted by them. We will not be ineffective, but if we mix it up a whole lot of times with with different elements that were created to be in there, we become ineffective. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Scriptures tell us. Stay pure. And then get active. Back in 1987, uh, 1987, uh, Rebecca Manley uh, uh, Pippert wrote the book, Out of the Salt Shaker and in the World. We can have beautiful salt shakers on our table, but if we don't ever shake them on the food, it does no good. If you and I aren't out spreading the gospel, if we aren't out loving people with the love of Jesus, we are just not doing what we're called to do. 
We need to be active. We need to share the gospel. We need to live out the gospel. We need to realize that, yes, we are not to be, as the saying goes, we are not to be of the world, but we are still in the world. We are salt. We are light. I got a, I'll close with this. I got an email from a, a young couple who are missionaries uh, in Japan. And they wrote back an email about all the things that God is doing. And how they are uh, not members of that Japanese culture, but really not now members of the American culture. They kind of can, can be what they are called to be. And this is the prayer in their letter. It said, Lord, no matter which country I am living in, no matter what nationality is printed on my passport, guide me. Help me identify subliminal messages of my culture. Let your voice and your words have more influence in my life than culture. And I am confident in your love for me. I can love others. And as Colette reminded us today, God loves us. Always. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to connect with us, please visit our website at thelightkc.org. More information is available in the show notes.